Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. Does this noise sound painfully familiar to you? Here's the thing you need to know about snoring. It could be a sign of a very big health problem called sleep apnea. People with sleep apnea have been found to be at an increased risk for serious health conditions like coronary heart disease and other cardiovascular diseases. And studies show that as many as 80% of all sleep apnea cases go undiagnosed. If you or loved one think you have sleep apnea, you need to know before it's too late. Here's the good news. Now you can find out if you have sleep apnea quickly and easily right from the comfort of your own home with no expensive or time-consuming doctor visits or overnight sleep lab stays required. Just send one simple text to get started. Text QUIET to 323232 to get a private link to the sleep apnea quiz. Text QUIET to 323232. It takes just minutes and could literally save your life. Don't wait. Text QUIET to 323232 now. Text the word QUIET to 323232. Text QUIET to Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Education in the News, and I'm Pamela Clark, your host. As normal, we normally share um, educational news from around the U.S. and the world. We have lots of news stories to cover, as usual, so let's get right into it. The first one I have for you is from Middleweb on the Smart Breed. And it was covered by Edutopia. And it says, use verse novels, lyrics to teach poetry concepts. Classic poetry often feels too far removed from modern life to appeal to middle school students, says teacher Jason Dehart, who recommends using verse novels and song lyrics to draw students in on focusing on the poet's use of language and technique in these works can help students grasp poetic concepts and more contemporary subject matters is often more relatable to students. In the Trib Total Media in Tartanum, Pennsylvania reports that middle schoolers spend time in clubs during school day. A middle school in Highland School District in Pennsylvania has reworked its class to schedule to provide students with the opportunity to participate in various clubs offered during the last period of the school day. Assistant Principal Corey Sakoski says the program offers the opportunity for students to connect with teachers outside of the traditional classroom by participating in clubs, including newspaper writing, drawing, crocheting, and cursive writing. An NNY360 in Watertown, New York, reports that lawmakers advocate to extend universal school meals. Over 50 House of Representative members have signed on to support the extension of federal pandemic-era school meal waivers for the 
2022-2023 school year. New York's Representative Joseph Morrell has co-sponsored the Universal School Meals Program Act and Healthy Meals Act, which proposes to permanently provide free meals to all children regardless of their family's income, expand summer food service, increase the reimbursement rate for lunch, and offer grants to purchase kitchen equipment. Education Week reports that ideas, resources for teaching lessons on the U.S. Constitution. Schools are required by law to teach classes about the U.S. Constitution every year or near the anniversary of its signing. Educators say these lessons can help students understand current events affecting their lives, their own lives, as well as history. And this article offers resources to help teachers navigate lessons and classroom discussions. EdTech reports that guidelines for integrating tech into lessons. Technology should be in intentional and support learning experiences. It should not be used just for technology's sake, says Melissa Lim, a technology integration specialist at Oregon Portland Public Schools. The Triple E framework from University of Michigan can help K-12 teachers see how well their chosen technology tools are helping to engage students and enhance lessons. And Book Riot reports that ideas on starting a school library podcast. When establishing a school library podcast, librarians can involve students in everything from content to theme, focus, and promotion, writes Lucas Maxwell, who has a run who has a run of a high school library podcast for several years. Maxwell suggests creating at least a loose schedule to maintain consistency in promoting the podcast on social media. And in Ventura County Star uh, in California, the, the newspaper there, they say that the California teachers crushed by cost of, or cost of living seek raises. Protesting teachers and staff packed a recent meeting of the Ventura Unified School District Board in California after the board suggested a 1% raise with an extra 4% for this year only, even though the state's consumer price index shot up more than 5% between December and June. A teacher at a continuation school said she had to move cities because she couldn't afford Ventura rents, and a paraeducator at a middle school said she was working four jobs to take care of her family. Wow, what do you think of that? Isn't that just terrible? Uh, I don't know how they do it and and can think rationally to even instruct students. I really don't. That's just too much. Do you know anyone that's dealing with these kinds of issues? We'd love to hear from you if you are, or or even if you have advice on any of this. It's really a shame and, a, and an injustice. Okay, the next articles that I have for you, this one's from Smart Brief on Education, and it says, The Case for Content Creation Literacy. 
Students need to understand the content creation process, how that content will be viewed and perceived, and how to best express themselves in an ever-connected creation space, writes education consultant Tammy McGraw. Receiving and processing feedback is a necessary tool to content creation literacy, as is knowing how to rectify a mistake or explain a piece of content, McGraw writes. And National Public Radio reports that media literacy now required at Illinois high schools. Media literacy, which Illinois now requires as part of high school curriculums this year, can be embedded into any class, says Yonti Friesum, an associate professor of civic media at Columbia College in Chicago, who helped write the law. For example, students in physical education class looking at an infographic or video should be able to determine who created the information and whether something important is missing. The Hill reports about a research study that says inclusive education boosts student success. Results of a study by researchers from Indiana University indicate that students with disabilities achieved higher scores on state assessments when they spent at least 80% of their learning time in general education classrooms. These students also fared better in college and in finding jobs, researchers noted. The 74 reports on analysis about staffing increases Lesson times and salaries don't. In 46 states, schools have hired new teachers and staff, even as student enrollment has dropped, creating lower student and teacher ratios. However, an analysis shows that the larger staff numbers come at the expense of increased student instruction time and higher teacher salaries. Education in North Carolina says that North Carolina teachers' comments sought on pay and licenses. North Carolina Professional Educator Preparation and Standards Commission has released a draft of proposed changes to teachers' compensation, licensure, and evaluation, including pay increases for teachers with credentials from the National Board for Professional Teaching Standards. In this article by Mabane Rash, CEO and Editor-in-Chief of Education North Carolina, teachers are encouraged to review the changes and provide feedback to the Commission. And the New Yorker reports that Burns' documentary revisits initial Holocaust response. Iconic documentation can Oh, I'm sorry, iconic documentarian Ken Burns has directed a three-part documentary detailing the important response from American public to the Holocaust, which varies from alarm to indifferent to disbelieving. The documentary features, among other families, the Frank family whose daughter Anne wrote the well-known diary from the Holocaust time period. It's still hard for me to 
even fathom that some people still don't believe the Holocaust happened. Um, I, I don't understand how that can even be uh, something in question. I just do not understand it, um, that, that that can even be part of the discussion. Um, do you feel the same way? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, the next bit of news I have for me is from the Ohio Department of Education and um, comes as an emailing, uh, like a mailer, and it has different news sources. So the first news source that is on this one is the Dayton Daily News. It says, larger local school districts shine on report cards growth measure. Several of the Miami Valley's large suburban school districts scored especially high in student growth on the 2021-2022 state report card. An encouraging sign as schools attempt to rebound from COVID-era learning loss. Student growth is also called progress or value added on the report card, measuring how students improved year over year on state standardized tests. Of the 11 largest district school districts in the Dayton area, about half of them, Centerville, Kettering, Northmont, Troy, and Springboro got the maximum five stars on the progress rating. Those first four also ranked in the top 6% of the entire state in, quote, effect size, which the Ohio Department of Education says, quote, tell us the magnitude of academic growth relative to the state as a whole. Dayton Daily News also reports that Bellbrook Schools City Township Way Resource Officers for Active Shooter Plan. The Bellbrook Sugar Creek School District, Bellbrook City Council, and Sugar Creek Township trustees and staff met Monday to discuss pulling their resources to hire more school resource officers as part of the district's multi-layered approach to protecting schools from active shooter threats. The district is looking to have more school resource officers on site as part of a hybrid approach of deterring school shooters. The board approved the creation of Volunteer Active Shooter Response Team at its September 8th meeting, which would be made up of capable, trained, highly vetted responders in addition to the officers. Cleveland ABC 5 reports that um, Akron Public Schools upgrades bus cleaning, disinfecting technology to fleet of new buses. Cleveland ABC 5 this is. Um, as we enter the fall flu and COVID-19 session, Akron Public Schools is working to keep students and bus drivers healthy with some upgraded cleaning and disinfecting technology recently added to its fleet of new buses. Patricia Rogers is deeply passionate about her job and loves giving, getting behind the wheel as an Akron Public Schools bus driver. Medina Gazette in Isham Elementary School recognizes a Blue Ribbon School. One of the schools in Wadsworth City School District has been recognized among 297 schools across the United States for educational excellence. The Isham Memorial Elementary School 
was named a National Blue Ribbon School for 2022 by the U.S. Department of Education. Isham was one of 13 schools in Ohio and 297 nationally to be recognized with the distinction. The National Blue Ribbon Schools Program recognizes elementary, middle, and high schools based on overall academic excellence or progress in closing achievement gaps among certain groups of students. Cleveland.com reports that an unprecedented approach to covering education led two reporters to spend a year in a Cleveland classroom. Today, the storytelling begins Cleveland's promise. For the past year, the Cleveland Metropolitan School District has granted two reporters from Cleveland.com, the Plain Dealer, unprecedented access, allowing them to embed in Amira Elementary School with the goal of bringing you through those doors and within close view of the enormous challenges of educating children in poverty and what the school district is doing to overcome them. Reporters Cameron Fields and Hannah Drown uh, began this journey in November 2021 in the fourth grade classroom of Ms. Carol Smith. The names of the class teacher and her students were changed to protect their anonymity. No, I'm trying to say, sorry. Through daily interaction in the classroom and time spent with the kids' families. And Springfield News Sun reports that students are future leaders, quote, to area teachers making a difference in their classrooms. Two Springfield area teachers are making a difference in their district and in their classrooms. The teachers are working to make learning fun and keep students engaged by practicing their foreign language skills and using history class to, be, to build a museum display. The Springfield News and Sun is highlighting a small portion of the teachers in our community this week. Here are two more teachers who are making a difference in the class um, classroom for their students. Next story I have for you comes from Fee. Oh, just a moment to bring it up. Bear with me a moment. Okay, let's see here. Um, the title of the article they're reporting on is uh, Reagan's goal to end the Department of Education is finally gaining momentum. This is written by uh, Patrick Carroll and the site is fee.org, F-E-E. Ending the Department of Education may seem like a radical idea, but it's not as crazy as it sounds, says this person, Patrick Carroll. The debate over the federal role in education has been going on for decades. Some say the Fed should have a relatively large role, while others say it should be relatively small. But while most people believe there should be at least some federal oversight, some believe there should be none at all. 
Representative Thomas Massey is one of those who... Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Messenger data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. Does this noise sound painfully familiar to you? Here's the thing you need to know about snoring. It could be a sign of a very big health problem called sleep apnea. People with sleep apnea have been found to be at an increased risk for serious health conditions like coronary heart disease and other cardiovascular diseases. And studies show that as many as 80% of all sleep apnea cases go undiagnosed. If you or loved one think you have sleep apnea, you need to know before it's too late. Here's the good news. Now you can find out if you have sleep apnea quickly and easily right from the comfort of your own home with no expensive or time-consuming doctor visits or overnight sleep lab stays required. Just send one simple text to get started. Text QUIET to 323232 to get a private link to the sleep apnea quiz. Text QUIET to 323232. It takes just minutes and could literally save your life. Don't wait. Text QUIET to 323232 now. Text the word QUIET to 323232. Text QUIET to 323232. Believes there should be no federal involvement in education and he is actively working to make that a reality. In in February 2021, he introduced H.R. 899, a bill that perfectly encapsulates his views on the issue. It consists of one sentence. This bill terminates the Department of Education on December 31, 2022. This position may seem radical, but Massey is not alone. The bill had eight co-sponsors when it was introduced and has been gaining support ever since. On Monday, Massey announced that Representative Mo Brooks, a Republican in Alabama, decided to co-sponsor the bill, bringing the total number of co-sponsors to 18. Though it may be tempting to think Massey and his supporters just don't care about education, this is certainly not the case. If anything, they are pushing to end the Federal Department of Education precisely because they care about educational outcomes. In their view, the department is at best not helping and at worst may actually be part of the problem. Unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. should not be in charge of our children's intellectual and moral development. That's a direct quote from Massey when he initially introduced the bill. He also stated the states and local communities are best positioned to shape curricula that meets the needs of their students. Massey is echoing sentiments expressed by President Ronald Reagan in 1981, who advocated dismantling the Department of Education, even though it had just begun operating in 1980. By a a quote, this is a quote again, and this one's from Reagan, by eliminating the Department of Education less than two years later after it was created, said Reagan, quote again, we can not only reduce the budget but ensure that local needs and preferences rather than the wishes of Washington determine the education of our children. Before we rush into a decision like this, however, it is important to consider the consequences as G.K., Chesterton famously said, quote, don't ever take a fence down until you know the reason it was put up. So why was the Federal Department of Education set up in the first place? What do they do with their $68 billion budget? Well, when it was initially established, it was given four main rules, and these are the same rules if it fails to this day. 
and they include the following. Establishing policies on federal financial aid for education and distributing as well as monitoring those funds, which compromise roughly 8% of the elementary and secondary education spending. Collecting data on American schools and disseminating research. Sorry. Uh, focusing national attention on key educational issues, prohibiting discrimination, ensuring equal access to education. Now, some of these functions arguably shouldn't exist at all. For instance, if you are opposed to federal funding or federal interference in education on principle, then there is no need for the first and fourth rules. As for the middle two rules, it's clear that we need people collecting data, disseminating research, and pointing out educational issues. But the question here is not whether these initiatives should exist. The question is whether the federal government should pursue them. On that question, there's a good case to be made that leaving these tasks to the state and local level is far more appropriate. Education needs vary from student to student, so educational decisions need need to be made as close to the individual student as possible. Federal organizations simply can't account for the diverse array of educational contexts, which means their one-size-fits-all findings and recommendations will be poorly suited for many classrooms. Teachers don't need national administrators telling them how to do their job. They need the freedom and flexibility to tailor their approach to meet the needs of students. It is the local teacher schools and districts that know their students' needs the best, which is why they are best positioned to gather data, assess their options, and make decisions about how to meet those needs. Imposing top-down national ideas only gets in the way of these adaptive, customized local processes. The Federal Department of Education has lofty goals when it comes to student success, but it is simply not the right institution for achieving them. If we really want to improve education, it's going to require a bottom-up, decentralized approach. So rather than continuing to fund yet another federal bureaucracy, perhaps it's time to let taxpayers keep their money and let educators and parents pursue a better avenue for change. Okay, I'm going to kind of dissect this a little bit in the way that I believe about education. I, and I've been an educator now for, well, 16 years since I built New Heights Educational Group. But I was helping families probably, you know, a good three years probably before that, um, at least. So a long time that I've been doing this. and. I have experience with homeschooling as a homeschool mom for 13 years. I have experience in the charter schools for four years. And then uh, my experience with the public schools is my own personal going through school in public schools. And, of course, my children, or my oldest son, actually, he made it to second grade and then asked me to homeschool him. So... I homeschooled him after that, and then my youngest pretty much all through. I think he did maybe half a year um, of kindergarten, and then I homeschooled him the rest of the time. 
So, anyways, um, I have a unique look at education in many different ways that are unique to others, that I really understand each type of school. So, with that, I do think that I'm um, able to speak on this. But when they talk about the federal department and its lofty goals of student success, I really think that's it's not real. Um, lofty goals. Um, and I've spoke about John Taylor Gatto before. I'm a big fan of him. And if you really want to understand traditional or um, schools, regular schools in your community, you need to look him up. You can go to school.newheightseducation.org and take a look at our um, educational videos that we recommend there for you to learn about it because I've often said that if you're going to go to public school, you're not going to get an education. Um, it's not about education. It's about dumbing people down and keeping people um, in where they're at um, to work in, in factories or they're looking more and more like prisons today. But they're certainly not for educational growth or looking for someone's unique gifts and talents, including those with special needs that can be very successful if someone takes the time to really work with them in the way that they need. And they talk about, you know, local school board members laying out the, the education over the government. Now, that certainly does stand, sound better in theory, but it's still going to be tailored to everyone and not the individual child. Um, and unfortunately, the public schools just don't work. There are some that I'm sure that do better than others, but I know in the area that I live, they're DNF-felling schools, and I would never want any of my children to go to them, might as well someone else's. And they certainly don't uplift children. They're very negative in nature and very brainwashing. And um, it's just a brainwashing environment overall in the public school. Even being allowed to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or all of these things, it's a very controlling environment. And parents expect they send their kids to these schools and if they get DNFs they're supposed to be punished and grounded and they're in trouble and and but you never see the public school grades improving it's very rare to see them improve so I really hate to hear about parents punishing their children when they're not succeeding when they're in these environments and the parents just are not understanding what they're really faced with um and schools have only got worse over the years. They haven't got any better since the 1800s when they, you know, when farmers were forced and immigrants were forced to start sending their kids to them. Now, one of the, the four things, the four main rules that this was meant for, one of which was the prohibiting discrimination, ensuring equal access to education. <sighs> The education system as a whole makes sure that people are discriminated against. Well, what do I mean by that? Because that just sounds awful. I know. and I don't like saying it either. 
But I have studied this for a long time. I've looked up many reports, and I know that there has been schools that maybe are right down the road from each other, and they may have sim similar numbers of students in their schools and stuff, but they, mm -hmm. they get completely different amounts of, of funding. And it's usually the more influential communities that get more money than the ones that really need it, that are really suffering in the poorer communities. And it's very easy to look up for yourself and to see. Um, and again, John Taylor Gatto is a very good resource for you, but there's statistics that go on every year that back that up. And I've talked to many people that are in the education industry as well. Um, that it's very aggravating for them as well. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that it's all about funding either because I think they're making plenty of money for what they're doing. And, and in fact, I don't really agree with the budget um, and, and where all the money goes. I mean, more money should be going to teachers, but... Um, I just think that that budget really needs to be scrutinized. And if they, and if they don't change and they continue to get the same grades, I mean, why is that overlooked? Why is that just accepted? I do not understand it at all. It's, it's really crazy. And it is very much, it, there's a lot of discrimination. Um, it, there just is. So, um, also, another one of the four main rules is focusing national attention on key educational issues. People are so sick and tired of listening to the failings about educational issues or educational education issues. Have be it's become a really bad word to talk about education. And there's no quicker way for a politician to end his career than to say the wrong thing. Um, about educational systems and schools. So, um, no, we don't focus on real issues as a society. New Heights Educational Group does, um, but then we're looked at, at as a threat by the school systems that say they want to help families, but then they send them, if they need tutoring or educational supports, they send them to for-profit tutoring facilities that cost $7,000 for tutoring, even kids in kindergarten in their first grade, and they have to take a loan out. They pay more than they do for their rent sometimes, and it causes more frustration, more issues, and they teach in the same way the public school does in most cases that I have heard, and it just helps to continue the spiral and the issues the students are facing. It's really an injustice to families overall across the entire board. And it's awful, absolutely awful. Um, I'm not uh, on the th on another one I said collecting data on American schools and disseminating it. So I I know that you have to track, you have to have some kind of records. And we do that here at New Heights. We keep track of everything we can, but we're not great big on testing. We're not really 
I, I don't like the standardized testing or anything like that. I like the, well, I, I preferred the assessments, but then every once in a while I would decide to do some type of standardized test. Maybe when my youngest went into high school um, and then um, maybe one other time, I'm trying to remember when it was, just to track the growth of what I was accomplishing with them. And um, they did very well at it. But I'm just saying that in general, I'm not real big on, on testing students, but we do have an individualized education plan for each student that gets um, tutoring with us and, and it's very personalized learning. So, um, the last of the four main rules was establishing policies on federal financial aid for education and distributing as well as monitoring. This is not done in any capacity that it should be. Um, very, I'm just very against all of this. So, um, it just is not working. The education system as a whole is not working. And I am, I am for the um, ending the Department of Education and public schools in general. We need to rethink them. But I'm not sure whatever that's going to look like um, is going to work or if it's going to be better. It depends who's in charge of putting that together. Now, I will say I do believe in what we're doing and the things that we've seen and accomplished, but we take each person individually. And when you're talking about the masses and public education, they can't do what we do. It's an impossibility. Um, they would need completely restructured. And I guess that's kind of what we're talking about. But in general, these professionals are not open for criticism, might as well restructuring in any way. I mean, have you ever tried to talk to a superintendent about something that, that you didn't agree with in the public school or you ever went to these, these, these board meetings or, or this, the public meetings for families to come in? Um, because they're normally not that friendly towards parents. So <laughs> I just I just have my doubts about this this outlook of what they're talking about and what that would look like. So and I do believe that New Heights is more part of the solution than the problem and maybe they should look at what we're doing and open their minds a little bit and let us help them but um you know, we've been doing this 16 years and had a lot of success. Well, we're over time for a commercial, so I'm going to go to that real quick and I'll be right back. Right now, right now you might be you struggling might be through your classes your class. or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Texting 
privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. Does this noise sound painfully familiar to you? Here's the thing you need to know about snoring. It could be a sign of a very big health problem called sleep apnea. People with sleep apnea have been found to be at an increased risk for serious health conditions like coronary heart disease and other cardiovascular diseases. And studies show that as many as 80% of all sleep apnea cases go undiagnosed. If you or loved one think you have sleep apnea, you need to know before it's too late. Here's the good news. Now you can find out if you have sleep apnea quickly and easily right from the comfort of your own home with no expensive or time-consuming doctor visits or overnight sleep lab stays required. Just send one simple text to get started. Text QUIET to 323232 to get a private link to the sleep apnea quiz. Text QUIET to 323232. It takes just minutes and could literally save your life. Don't wait. Text QUIET to 323232 now. Text the word QUIET to 323232. Text QUIET to 323232. Welcome back to Education in the News. This is Pamela Clark, your host for this show. Um, We just read an article about the public education system. We're going to go on now to some more news stories that I have for you today. So um, the next one I have for you is from K-12 Dive. Seesaw app, a target of isolating hacking. An inappropriate image was shared with parents and educators in a hacking incident that affected communication app Seesaw, which has 10 million users. Seesaw temporarily turned off its service and took steps to protect the affected users. An eSchool News reports that school's house system focuses on values and culture. GEMS American Academy and Abu Dhabi, um, I'm sorry, Abu Dhabi, I know I'm saying it wrong, a K-12 American curriculum and international bachelorette school has revamped its house system by using the four colors of the UAE flag and naming houses after animals, writes Claire Davies, elementary innovation and technology coach and coordinator at the school. In this commentary, Davies describes how the house structure, which includes a point system and digital coins as incentives, have improved the school cultures. An Education Week reports that New York City schools had COVID-19 vaccination disparities. In New York City, coronavirus vaccination rates were highest among Asian and Hispanic students, according to a study by researchers at New York University, Syracuse University, University of Delaware, and the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. In schools that enroll primarily Asian students, approximately two-thirds were vaccinated. And in schools that enroll more Hispanic students, 54% were vaccinated, compared to an average 44% at schools that enroll primarily black and white students. The New York Times reports that schools face shortage of football helmets as season starts. High school football coaches and athletic directors nationwide are reporting a shortage of helmets as a result of an ongoing supply chain challenge. The shortage comes as demand is increasing because of the start of the football season. EdTech reports that 
how one CTE teacher, career and technical education teacher, in Colorado Springs TAPS Emerging Technologies. Sean Wybrent says he teaches emerging technologies in the classroom, such as an augmented reality tool to help students think creatively, I'm sorry, creatively, for Pete's sake, and solve problems. Wybrent says teaching with such technologies advances diversity, equity, and inclusion while also helping prepare students for the workforce. And Helio reports that AAP gets funding for a center addressing social media and youth mental health. The American Academy of Pediatrics was awarded $10 million from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to build a national center of excellence on social media and mental wellness, which will address and support the mental health of children and adolescents and their social media engagements. Quote, we are thrilled to have been selected to lead and sustain vital work in an emerging field whose relevance has grown, especially over the past few years, said AAP CEO Mark Del Monte, J.D. This is from um, Ohio Department of Development, and it's, it says Intel breaks ground on $20 billion semiconductor facility. Governor Mike DeWine joined Intel leaders, President Joe Biden, and other federal, state, and local officials on September 9th to celebrate groundbreaking in the Silicon Heartland on two of the world's most advanced chip-making facilities. As part of the Intel's commitment to develop a skilled talent pipeline for its two new leading-edge chip fabs, Intel also announced the first phase of funding for its Ohio Semiconductor Education and Research Program. During this first phase, Intel is providing $17.7 million for eight proposals from leading institutions and collaborators in Ohio to develop semiconductor-focused education and workforce programs. Okay, just a moment. And grants available to Apprentice Ohio sponsors, employers. In conjunction with National Workforce Development Month, Governor Mike DeWine announced that Apprentice Ohio sponsors can apply for up to $25,000 grants each to help cover apprenticeship training costs incurred since July 1, 2020. Ohio employers with registered apprentices in their workforces also can apply for the grants. The program is available through the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services. And TechCred applications are being accepted. Um, you can go to techcred.ohio.gov to learn more about those. The next bit of news I have from you is from Smart Brief on Education. 
12 reports a pilot program for students with ADHD and autism expands. I think I shared this once before. Um, a pilot program is expanding to provide free training and resources to parents and teachers of students who have autism and attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Children's Hospital in Colorado has partnered with other organizations to provide online training in support of the Unstuck and On Target program, which is designed to help students improve their executive functioning skills, such as flexible thinking. Brain Gym's good for that as well. If you want to learn more about Brain Gym, you can contact me by email and ask for it, newheightseducation at yahoo.com. The 74 asks the questions, what can be done to fix the special ed teacher shortage? The demand for special education teachers has long been greater than the supply for reasons including the, including the isolation, increased workload, and lack of support the profession carries. Experts and advocates say licensure programs and financial initiatives or incentives are helping to fill positions but must be done at the policy level to recruit and support these educators, the advocate says. Chalkbeat in Detroit reports that Michigan District uses exemptions to promote third graders. The Detroit Public Schools Community District is using good cause, in quotations, exemptions to advance some third grade students who are eligible for retention because of how they performed on state standardized reading exams. District Superintendent Nikolai Vetti says school, school and district staff choose to look at academic records to determine whether a student should be retained, then work with educators and families to do what is best for the student. What about if somebody did that for public schools? Hmm. Sorry, my mind goes back there every time I read stuff like this. The Helio reports that infection during pregnancy doesn't show casual link to autism. A study involving 549,967 children born between 1987 and 2010 found that the maternal infection during pregnancy and its isolation with autism does not appear to reflect a casual relationship, but is more likely to be explained by factors shared between family members, such as genetic variation or aspects of the shared environment. Researchers also noted that the Lancet psychiatry that women who had an infection a year before they became pregnant were linked to a similar autism risk as infections during pregnancy, but not linked to risk of intellectual dis disability. What do you think of that? Do you know anyone that has autism? I know I've known a lot of people that have, um, that have had it, and we've had many students as well, um, and they all come from very different backgrounds, um, and that's what I remember about it. I mean, some of which could, in my opinion, been something genetic, but I, but some could also be linked to immunizations, and that's just the facts that I've gathered from the families I've served and and their 
coincidences, I guess you would say. So, but again, I'm no doctor, medical staff, nor do I pretend to be. It's just the people I've served. Um, yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. So, okay, just a moment here. The Associated uh, Press reports that weather and disasters send students back to online learning. Some school districts have responded to hurricanes, wildfires, flooding, with temporary shifts to online learning rather than moving to an alternative in-person location. Troubles with Jackson, Mississippi water supply led to closed school buildings and remote learning, which Sherman Johnson, a spokesman for Jackson Public Schools, described as less than ideal, but having them not um, learning at all, which would be the other option is unacceptable. I think I've shared that on the last show, actually. Uh, the 74 reports that ACLU challenges bill to limit classroom discussion. Legislators in 42 states have proposed bills to limit classroom discussions about race and gender, and 17 states have adopted such legislation. Now the American Civil Liberties Union is challenging many of those laws, including law, VIA lawsuits, public records, requests, and other or actions. And the VT Digger in Vermont uh, reports that Vermont clarifies criteria for mask mandates. Through mass, though masks are not required in any Vermont schools, the state education department has stated it would allow mask mandates to protect the health of students who are medically vulnerable. Mask mandates for classmates and teachers are medically fragile students that would fall under the umbrella of students on the IEP, the individual education plan experts said. Okay, in this moment, we'll check the time here. Let's do another quick commercial break. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights Show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is Pamela Clark, and you're listening to Education in the News, where we cover different educational news stories that happen around the U.S. and around the world. Okay, the next story I have for you is um, from Edutopia, and it says, How to Teach History of Hispanic Civil Rights Movements. The National Hispanic Heritage Month can offer deeper learning opportunities by exploring the Hispanic civil rights movements, including lessons about leaders, activisms, and society. At certain times, writes Rachel Furman of the education nonprofit Fish Tank Learning. In this article, Furman shares classroom resources to teach about topics, including school walkouts and of the 1968 era, as well as the work by civil rights activists Cesar Chavez and Dolores Hereto. I said that wrong. Hereta. 
for the United Farm Workers. Here's some more um, announcements from the Ohio Department of Education. It says Cleveland.com announces new Ohio school report card show students scores are still recovering from the coronavirus um, crisis. They keep making a big deal about this, but there were major gaps before the virus, and they were just as bad as during it. So um, I kind of wonder if some of that's overshadowing what really happened. Um, The Washington County Courthouse Record Herald said the state superintendent visits um, the Washington County House. Um, so that would be interim state superintendent of instruction, Dr. Stephanie Siddons visited Washington Courthouse City Schools and specifically the Washington Secondary Campus on Monday. While there, Siddons spoke with the WCHCS superintendent, Dr. Tom Bailey, along with the members of the Blue Lion administration team teachers, students, and board member Mark Chrisman. And the Akron Beacon Journal reports that a leader and listener, New Cuyahoga Falls Superintendent, tackles schools' tops concern. It didn't take long for Cuyahoga Falls City School District to get a glimpse of its new top administrator in action, stepping in to respond to student concerns, the challenges for the district doesn't stop at dress codes and peaceful walkouts. Superintendent Andrea Selecchio said she is prioritizing four issues facing the district and its enrollment of a little more than 4,000 students. One challenge is student achievement and overcoming language barriers, uh, she said. Another issue is the district's aging facilities. The newest school building, DeWitt Elementary School, is constructed in 1969. Cincinnati CBS 12 reports that a local man driving uh, push for more black and brown male educators in schools. There's a push to put more black and brown male educators in in preschool, and the man leading the charge is Carlton Collins. Collins is the program manager of the Literacy Lab and Leading Man Fellowship in Cincinnati. His passion for filling this gap started years before the first of its kind, he created the Morehouse Education Association, an organization dedicated to the increase of black men in classrooms through tutoring, mentoring, internships, and teaching uh, uh, post-matriculation. As the manager of the LMFC, he places 18 to 24-year-old men of color in local preschools as literacy tutors, the program, fe- the program features barrier navigation and removal, prof- professional development activities, and education award at the end of their fellowship year. The goal is to dramatically improve the, well, they just want more of, of the, the black and brown male educators. So, um... Let's check on our time again. I know it's getting late. Yep, don't have much time. There's a few things I wanted to share with you to um, discuss with you. Um, One of which is we're about to launch a fall fundraiser. You go to newheightseducation.org to learn more about that 
organization could really use your support in continuing to help families of all school backgrounds and, and social economic status. If you believe that everyone deserves a fair and equal education that's willing to work for it, we ask that you support our cause and help us with the next set of goals that we have on opening a resource and literacy center here in Defiance, but it serves everyone across the state of Ohio and anyone can come to us from any state for tutoring, educational classes, information, scholarships, anything. So, and, and people that are overseas can take our courses and stuff as well. So it's much bigger than just Defiance. This is a organization with a global reach that has done a lot of great things with all volunteers for the last 16 years. And we really need your support now. Um, so if you can donate, please watch our social media accounts or just visit our website to do that. Our radio show can be found on radio.newheightseducation.org. I want to remind you that Barbara Bullen has her show on Sundays. She posts by 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it covers civil rights uh, information. And then my show airs every Wednesday by 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for spending this last hour with me. And until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. In terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. Does this noise sound painfully familiar to you? Here's the thing you need to know about snoring. It could be a sign of a very big health problem called sleep apnea. People with sleep apnea have been found to be at an increased risk for serious health conditions like coronary heart disease and other cardiovascular diseases. And studies show that as many as 80% of all sleep apnea cases go undiagnosed. If you or loved one think you have sleep apnea, you need to know before it's too late. Here's the good news. Now you can find out if you have sleep apnea quickly and easily right from the comfort of your own home with no expensive or time-consuming doctor visits or overnight sleep lab stays required. Just send one simple text to get started. Text QUIET to 323232 to get a private link to the sleep apnea quiz. Text QUIET to 323232. It takes just minutes and could literally save your life. Don't wait. Text QUIET to 323232 now. Text the word QUIET to 323232. Text QUIET to 323232.